0: Chris Giles are here with
1: the Lady Wan.
0: Wait, what? That's right, folks. Matt is away <laughs> this week. So we are joined by our screen-run colleague.
1: Snoochie Boochies!
0: That's right. The Lady Wan is here <laughs> to uh, discuss Guy Ritchie's latest film with Jason Statham, Wrath of Man. And then we're going to go ahead and discuss Russell Crowe's latest entry, Unhinged, one of the first kind of pandemic-released films, right, that actually tried to give it a go at the uh, theaters. Mm-hmm. And it's it's an interesting turn from Crowe, mm-hmm. I guess. We can at least say that. <laughs> we'll share what's coming out on physical media this week, featuring your straight-to-DVD. And you know what? I never asked you to do that. Come up with a streaming pick, did I?
1: Um shit (laughs) but that's fine
0: you know why because we're going to introduce a a new uh final segment this week which is where we're going to recommend five streaming action movies for you to watch so we'll just fold it into that so no worries see everything works out in the end synergy folks all right let's start everything off though with a clip from wrath of man it doesn't feel right
1: It was as if he recognized H. Like he saw a dark spirit. What are you saying? I don't know what I'm saying. He's not a cop. Doesn't smell like a cop. But if he's not a cop, what is he? He's a dark spirit.
0: Try to do a little editing there, right? We wouldn't want to have too much profanity. We'll leave that to our guest, the Lady Juan, this week. So, before Sorry. we jump into this, how have you been? What's been going on with you? As uh, how's the uh, screenwriting experience and everything else? What's going on?
1: Oh my gosh, it's it's very fun living in this Kevin Smith space, and yeah. with Benever back, I'm stoked.
0: <laughs> I don't know how we timed that Jersey Girl episode coming out next week, but that is just a perfect bit of a
1: timing right there. Yeah, I'm taking it as a good omen. Like, can we get a Jersey Girl like prequel? Um, use that Marvel technology, de-age them back to their glory days. Although, I don't think JLo needs it. And um, let's dive into the relationship between those two cuz that was kind of a fun part of Jersey Girl. And it's not hated anymore. It's celebrated. We're all it's back for point. Benifer.
0: That is a great plan. We'll reach out <laughs> to Smith. So, we'll see what he says. Yeah, we'll let
1: him know. Tag him on Twitter. He'll respond because he does.
0: (laughs) Indeed. So let's go ahead then. Let's spend a few minutes and talk about Wrath of Man. Are you comfortable breaking it down for us? What is this film all (sighs) about?
1: (laughs) Oh, boy. Okay. What did I watch? So this was our return to Statham and Richie. Mm-hmm. We're not going to do any of the work to establish Jason Statham as any sort of character because he's Jason Statham. So you just assume that he's a tough guy and he's menacing and threatening and powerful because that's what he brings. Sure. But I guess the real question is, why is he powerful and menacing? And what's going on with all of these truck robberies (laughs) that seem to be happening all the time? Time jumps and like thematic title cards. There's a, a lot going on here.
0: So let me ask you about that. There's a Wrath of Man for Guy Ritchie. Now, every now and then, I think Ritchie turns out some really interesting stuff. And I just recently rewatched The Gentleman, which is a film yeah. I was lukewarm on initially. Yeah. But then I rewatched it and it it holds up. And I think it may be a little better than I than I remembered it being. And then, of course, you have your classics air quotes of Lockstock mm-hmm. and two smoking barrels, your snatches. <laughs> right. But then yeah. you have your King Arthur's and you have your Robin Hood's. So, <laughs> and you have your kind of middle f- fair where he did Aladdin, right? And then the yeah, two Sherlock did. Holmes movies.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So where does this fall in the Richie Over for you? <sighs>
1: hmm, I Especially mean-
0: Especially re with Statham, which is basically yeah, his muse, right?
1: Right. I mean, it feels more on brand than Aladdin. That's really easy for me to say. Although I didn't see any of his normal, like go-to shots. Mm -hmm. so I was honestly like okay with that like I was like all right where's my slow-mo or my sped up like where where are we getting it and he didn't really do that but I mean the action sequences are I thought he nailed it like I once we get to that final kind of thing going on with the depot I was like fully entranced in everything happening it was captivating for lack of a better word
0: I keep going back and forth with this film. I've had, it's had at least <laughs> two different grades in the last 12 hours. It's two maybe.
1: different movies. Explain that. Halfway through this movie, we introduce an entirely new group of characters. Mm-hmm. And then we move forward with them as if they've been on this journey with us the whole time. And like, I understand why it's sort of necessary, but I feel like those guys came out of nowhere and they're vital to the plot. It was, I thought it was really strange. Well, I think
0: part of the issue, right, is that Richie does not give us a linear film. The storyline yes. does not play from A to B, right? It, it, we right. go back and forth, as you said earlier, it jumps around in time. And I think for mm-hmm. me, one of the issues I am having with the movie, and I always desperately try and avoid trailers. I think I'm slightly disappointed because the trailers kind of reveal what the mystery of the film is for the most part, right? The the, the back, not so much the background of Statham, but why he's doing what he's doing Mm -hmm. is revealed in the trailers. And in the film, it kind of plays out as what's going on. Who is this dark specter, this dark character who is joined the, uh, armored truck driving team there. So, but I think, A lot of it still works very well. I think it's not as stylish as some of Richie's other work. I think he's Mm -hmm. going for something different here. He sacrifices a lot of his style, if you will, and his coolness, air quotes, to support this kind of dark narrative. And I think it does a job. I think it's appropriately nasty, but it lacks any of the joy that I think a lot of Richie's work has. Mm -hmm. So what do you think about that?
1: yeah it's a lot more serious and i think i don't know i i have to assume that fortico the name of the security company must be latin for toxic masculinity because that's that workplace that's everything in there it's just gay jokes and dick jokes and i think that's where he was like let me put in my humor is like locker room stuff Mm. and it just felt so like icky and I was like, "Oh man, I hope that's not the only kind of fun we're trying to have here." And because the rest of it is very dark and very heavy, and it's it's serious motivation for the Statham character. Like it is, Oof. it's intense. So it makes sense to not be all like jokey and and funny and silly. But but also, I kind of miss that in in his stuff.
0: So I don't think that injection of those jokes is an attempt by Richie – to have some humor in the film. I think more he's just relaying who these type of people are. I I imagine that that's just the characters that he's developing and bringing to us. are just That's who they are. It's not just kind of a weak attempt to introduce some humor into the film. It's just that's who these people are.
1: It kind of seemed like everyone is terrible.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Let's put it this way. Have you seen Den of Thieves? No. Okay. So that's a Gerard Butler film where basically... The cops there are a gang. They're just as bad as the bad guys, basically. Mm-hmm. And that film is also relentlessly mean, and it's it's just it's not a pleasant viewing experience. And I didn't like it at all. And I think one of the Rotten Tomatoes critics I saw said that this is the film *Den of Thieves* wishes it was.
1: Yeah, and I think I saw that's that. an
0: accurate portrayal because I, thought I found this experience much more enjoyable, even mm. though everybody here is in some terms not good. (laughs) It's still an enjoyable experience. I think Statham is, he's a charismatic guy. I mean, I loved his work for a long time and let's be honest, he has helmed some bad movies, some really bad ones. (laughs) And I don't know if it's just some people don't know how to work with him or if they rely Mm -hmm. too heavily on his charm and it gets slapsticky. There is none of that here. And, I, I think I, it's a decision that I, I really appreciated. I, I and Another thing, too, I'm kind of curious about, what did you think about the final confrontation, the big set piece at the end of the film? Because here's, here's my problem. I walked out of the film thinking, that kind of fell flat for me. But now that I think more upon it, I think I'm wrong. But what are your <laughs> thoughts before I explain it?
1: That was my favorite part. I love a heist. Mm-hmm. Just in general, Uh, it's one of the things I enjoy. I just like seeing plans go into action. I like seeing all the pieces and all the parts of it and how we're we're kind of moving forward. And I just thought the action was really exciting. And I know we're not going to get like too much into spoilers, but there's a lot of characters, so there's a lot of stakes because there's a lot of people who you've become involved with through this movie. And it's a very violent scene, and you kind of want to see who's going to make it through. I thought that that whole part was truly my favorite part of the movie.
0: So, yeah, and I, I think you're right about that. Because initially, like I said, I thought it felt kind of flat and a little too paint by the numbers. But I w- couldn't figure out what it was. It felt like it was lacking something. And then I realized this morning, no, it's me. I'm anticipating <laughs> this grand over-the-top action sequence. A la, I don't know if you saw Nobody, the Bob Odenkirk film that just recently came out. No. Or maybe like a raid type thing where I want this yeah. big action thing, you know. And, and Statham, there's no martial arts here in here with this film either. So right. it's just, if you're going for your Statham uh, uh, MMA stuff, you're not going to get it.
1: It's a lot of guns. But yeah, and but I think what <laughs> it is, and
0: this, is, this word is going to sound weird, but the scene is more restrained than this mm-hmm. kind of crazy over-the-top action set piece. It's like you say, it's the heist film that goes wrong and people are trying to get away Mm-hmm. And all this other stuff. So like the rest of the film, even the big climax has this calm ruthlessness to it. Yeah. Yeah. That I think really works. And once I kind of piece that together this morning, all right, well, you know what? It actually does work. And my grade actually jumped up a, uh, a half a grade. And I want to mm-hmm. say congrats to was it Scott Scott Eastwood, yeah. who has been kind of a background guy for me. And has been, oh, right, well, that's Clint Eastwood's kid. Is he good looking? Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Just like his dad. Yeah. But he, I, I have this real, and I'm sure how you feel about this, I have this real antipathy for the star, the, the children of stars. Yeah. You know, people who I think basically have never really had have things given to them and never had to work for, you know, they haven't really no. suffered for their art for the most part, right? They didn't clearly, have to hustle. Yeah, and, and Scott Eastwood, I'm sure, is one of those people. So, but still, he gets the big role here. I think he's Mm -hmm. our main villain, technically, in the end, and I think he does a good job with it. What do you think of our boy Scotty?
1: I really liked him. He was, ugh, he was so slimy. Ugh, he was just sociopathic and delightful in it. Mm -hmm. I, I thought he was great.
0: I would pair this, not pair this film, but the similar vein of like the Schwarzenegger film, David Ayer's Sabotage which I think features Schwarzenegger's best performance of the past 10 years, if not longer, but in a so-so film. And the same thing with Den of Thieves, when you have these dark cops, your antiheroes who you're rooting for, but they're just trash human beings. Mm. This film is kind of in that vein, but is a much, much better representation of this type of genre. So I think any Statham fan still will be pleased to see him have a darker, more dramatic turn in this as yeah. well. It's a film that I think is worthy of his charisma and his stardom. I think he really is quite good in this as well. Uh, Any other wrap-up thoughts or anything you wanna bring up on Wrath of Man?
1: This was my first time back in the theater. Oh, how was that? Since Tenet. Wow. Apparently, all I need is to wait months and months and then see something in an IMAX and I'm gonna be like, what a joy! Because I don't think this is my normal type of of film to seek out or particularly Mm -hmm. enjoy. For example, the gentleman. Like, I hated that movie when I saw it. Now you've made me want to revisit it. Just in general, that type of thing isn't isn't my thing. But I thoroughly enjoyed this experience and was just delighted to get back into IMAX. It was so fun.
0: Good. I'm glad you were able to get out there and I, I, that we dragged you back into the theaters.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there was um, sufficient social distancing. I'm, I'm I'm not sure what the box office numbers on this one are, but there was only one other guy in my row. And he was a good ten seats away from me, if not yeah. more. When did you go? I I was under ten, but I did. I mean, I went on a beautiful Saturday, but a beautifully hot Saturday. So I sought out the refuge of the theater. I needed that yeah, AC.
0: It's, it's pulled in about twenty six and a half million so far, globally. Uh, so I'll point up by the way, only nine million domestically. Mm. So
1: okay, that, that tracks. I'm seeing that.
0: Fair enough. So, uh, what are you going to give Wrath of Man for a grade?
1: Can I say like a B minus?
0: You're in You can do whatever you want.
1: That's what I'm feeling. That's what I'm feeling. It was a little uneven. Um, but overall, I enjoyed the experience.
0: So I originally had it as a B minus and then upon my reconsideration this morning, I I bumped it up to a B. So there you go. Okay. All wow, right. it's like Matt's still here because our letter grades are so close. <laughs> Fantastic! Don't want to say "still here." I'll just say "still here." This week, Matt will be back. Yes. Don't worry, Matt fans yeah. out there. If you get a chance <laughs> to see Wrath of Man currently playing in theater, Shoot us an email at feedback at the dot We would love to hear your thoughts. Coming up in physical media this upcoming Tuesday, May eighteenth. Listen, Juan. This is a film that is criminally, I think, underappreciated. Though, I think the last five years or so, people have started to uh, warm to it. And it's about damn time. So you can Mm. pick this up in 4K. But only the Steelbook. you got to wait for the traditional release another month. But you can get the Steelbook on Tuesday. Hey, Claudius. You killed my father
1: big mistake something is rotten in the state of denmark and hamlet is taking out the trash
0: stay thy hand fair prince
1: who said i'm fair No one's going to tell this sweet prince good night. To be or not to be. Not to be.
0: That's right, folks. Last Action Hero, John McTiernan's teaming up with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger is getting released in 4K this upcoming yeah. Tuesday, May 18th. Steelbook coming out, as we said, one month to wait for the traditional release. Have you ever seen Last Action Hero? You're a lot younger than me, so I'm not sure if you have.
1: (laughs) I haven't. I have recently been told how important it is, though, and I believe I will be seeing it soon.
0: (laughs) There you go. So Misunderstood at the time it came out, I just think people maybe just didn't get it. I'm not quite sure, but uh, it is one of the better films in Schwarzenegger's canon, and I don't want to spoil it for you because if a lot of people aren't familiar with it, I think it's best to go in cold. But you get that brand new uh, 4K remaster from the original camera negative, a Dolby Atmos track, audio commentary by mm-hmm. McTarnan, deleted in alternate scenes, an alternate ending, and more. I will be picking this up, but I'm gonna be honest with you: I'm I'm not gonna get the Steelbook. I'm gonna wait. I'm just I'm not a Steelbook <laughs> aficionado. I don't get it really at all. Mm-hmm. So, but you know, I don't know I like to sound pretentious once in a while, so I'll <laughs> make fun of the 4K Steel the Steelbook people.
1: One of the best films
0: of last year, though I think for the purpose of this show, we're going to treat it as a 2021 film. Minari is being released uh, on Blu-ray. A Korean family moves to Arkansas to start a farm in the 1980s, includes some deleted scenes and audio commentary as well, which includes the director and Yoo Young Yoon, who won Best Supporting Actress at this year's Oscars. Did you get a chance to catch up with Minari?
1: Um, I haven't. uh, Every digital... Screening was full for the longest time, which you know, I don't understand how a digital screening can be full, but they were, <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> they were sold out. Weird. Yeah, it was odd.
0: Well, now's your big chance to check that out. Uh, also, know. another film that was really great is The Father. Anthony Hopkins winning Best Actor. A man mm-hmm. refuses all assistance from his daughter as he ages. Some deleted scenes and making of featurettes. Another one um, is one. If you have not a chance to catch up with it, it is actually quite good. It didn't really appeal to me. I'm like, all right, well, you know, it's, it's, it was the one film that we hadn't seen yeah. uh, pre-Oscars. So we wanted to make sure we checked it off in time. And Matt and I were both actually rather impressed with it. So Nice. The Nest, which played recently at the Greenlight Cinema down in St. Pete, is being released. Mm-hmm. Life for an Entrepreneur and his American family begin to take a twisted turn after moving into an English country manor. There's a featurette on the making of the film. Supernova, Sam and Tusker are partners of 20 years who are traveling across England in their old RV visiting friends, family, and places from the past. Since Tusker was diagnosed with early onset dementia two years ago, their time together is the most important thing they have. This Mm -hmm. is the Colin Firth, Stanley Tucci film that had a limited run uh, Mm -hmm. earlier this year. Disney's Raya and the Last Dragon is being released. Best Buy is releasing a steelbook of this one. includes outtakes, fun facts, and Easter eggs, an introduction by the director, and more. Also being released is Tom and Jerry, the movie, which was one of those day-in-day releases with HBO Max. includes a Dolby Atmos audio track, deleted scenes, a gag reel, and a bunch of behind-the-scenes featurettes as well on that one. I heard it's actually pretty good. I don't think I'll ever catch up with it, but with big-screen adaptations of classic cartoons, I understand it's actually pretty entertaining.
1: Yeah, I heard a lot of positive things about it.
0: An extended director's cut of The Outpost is being released. It's about a small team of U.S. soldiers as they battle against hundreds of Taliban fighters in Afghanistan based on a true story or a true story, depending on how you say it. Amelia Clark star is in Above Suspicion. The chilling true story of a newly married FBI poster boy assigned to an Appalachian mountain town in Kentucky. There he is drawn into an illicit affair with an impoverished local woman who becomes his star informant. S-House, because I don't say dirty words here. <laughs> a homesick Sorry. college freshman goes to a party at S-House and ends up spending the night with a sophomore RA who's had an S-Day and wants someone to hang out with. It's a comedy, hmm. from what I understand. Hmm. Shudder is releasing Hunted. It's a modern and radical retake of the Little Red Riding Hood fable. And then new to Blu-ray, Criterion is giving us Flowers of Shanghai, a brand new 4K restoration of that film. In the late 19th century in Shanghai, brothels are known as flower houses. A small and confined world unto themselves, the brothels offer an alternate universe for the well-to-do male clientele. But for the women who work within, the brothels are no fantasy land They either succumb to this reality or fight against destiny. Warner Archive is giving us the Jackie Chan classic, Drunken Master 2, brand new 4K restoration of that one, and three different audio options. The original Cantonese language track, Mandarin language track or an English one as well. Warner Archive is also releasing some other films. Mr. Blanding's Builds His Dream House a 4K restoration of that. The Private Lives of Elizabeth and Essex with a new 4K restoration there. The 4K restoration continues with Escape from Fort Bravo. And then Scream Factory is giving us He Knows You're Alone. We get a 2K restoration of that with four brand new interviews on the making of the film. A Young Bride-to-Be is being stalked by a serial killer. She gets help from a former lover, but will they manage to escape? Scream Factor is also releasing Eyes of a Stranger. A reporter suspects a creepy neighbor who lives in the high-rise building across from her is a serial killer terrorizing the Miami area. 2K Restoration featuring five new interviews as well and an audio commentary. Shout Factory is also releasing Wildcats, the Goldie Hawn football movie from back in the day. Brand new 2K Restoration of that one. This one's been out of print for a long time. So if you're a fan of Wildcats, you can check that out finally. (laughs) Severn is giving us two monster horror film, I should say animal horror film classics. Grizzly with a brand new 2K restoration and then the sequel Day of the Animals. Audio commentaries included on both with new interviews. Scorpion is giving us Baxter. It's about a sociopathic bull terrier, you may want to check into this, and stars in this chilling French horror film that blends thrills and black comedy into a truly original tale. It's the Mm. inner thoughts of the brooding Baxter reveal that he is quite unhappy with this situation, living with an elderly woman who is afraid of him. In search of his ideal master, he successfully plots how to do away with her and attempts a similar plan when he becomes dissatisfied with his next owner. Features an audio commentary with the filmmaker Mark Savage. Wow. There you go. 4K release of Sante Sangria. Alejandro Jodorowsky's film from Severn also includes a Blu-ray and a CD of the soundtrack. Another audio commentary with Jodorowsky. Deleted scenes and more. And then getting some 4K releases, we have The Sting and Animal House. Oh. So there you go. Now, normally Matt would then jump in here with his streaming pick. I, of course, in my infinite wisdom, did not ask Ms. Wan to come up with one because... Well, you know what? We're going to have a, f- a final segment today. That's all streaming picks. Fair. <laughs> so we'll go ahead and move on. Then spend a few minutes talking about Ms. Wan's. Really, she told me it's a masterclass on how to deal with road rage. So let's talk about <laughs> Unhinged.
1: Kyle, don't, I don't even get a courtesy tap first. Roll up your
0: window.
1: It's not working. Know what a courtesy tap is, young man? Just ignore him. Sounds like this. It's light. It's friendly. Just like you're trying to get somebody's attention. I'm sure that's what your mom meant. Is that right, ma'am? Is a courtesy tap what you meant? No, it's not. Why is that? The light was green and you weren't moving. Mom, stop it, please. Some of us have places to be. I've been a little zoned out back there. I've been kind of having a hard time lately. Yeah, well, join the club.
0: Join the club, Juan. So Unhinged (laughs) features Russell Crowe with a, I guess, slightly unrecognizable accent. That I'm not quite sure shows up from time to time that I can't quite place. Yeah, but Mr. Crow, who brings his size to the role as an intimidating gentleman, who well, I listen one. There's a couple things I have to say about this one. But basically, it's a road rage incident gone wrong. Right, this yeah. woman gets stuck behind Russell Crowe's character, really leans on the horn at a at a green light because he's not moving. And he doesn't take kindly to that. And Mm -mm. then goes on to then stalk her and her family and loved ones, killing people as he encounters them in this uh, nice day. Oh, you know what? They're supposed to be in New Orleans. So I guess that's a New Orleans accent. Is that what it is? So
1: I probably about 15 minutes into this movie, I was like, I know those roads. That's definitely New Orleans. And his accent is vaguely like... There, but it's not consistent and sometimes it just sounds like he has stuff in his mouth. So <laughs> I don't I don't know. Um, I'm sure it is very difficult to go from his accent to, you know, that kind of interesting Louisiana accent, but it's spotty, is what I'll say.
0: So I'm curious about what your thoughts on Unhinged are because
1: <laughs> I'm thinking this is
0: gonna be like duel. Are you familiar with Spielberg's first film, the TV movie duel? No. All right, so this this guy basically cuts off this this big truck, and the truck basically stalks him for the rest of the film, trying to
1: kill. Okay, him. yeah.
0: So I'm thinking of this kind of dual remake with a little action, you know, uh, uh, moments in it as she tries and survive, as he's you know trying to run her off the road or whatever the case may be. But no, 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 no. This <laughs> film is a lot darker than I anticipated. I mean, the opening of this film sets the pace of what we're going to see. And it is intense. Like, as Uh soon as it... I was like, I've audibly said out loud, God damn. Like, is this what we're going to be in for? And it is. Yes, yes. What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I kind of thought... So from watching the trailer, I was like, okay, I think... I I see how this is going to start as something that, like, the fear is established. Like, this could be anybody on any day. Like, this could happen. Yeah, it's um, like
0: falling down, but with a car, basically. Yeah, you know, the Michael Douglas, like, uh, yeah, go ahead.
1: And, like, the description on Amazon is an edge-of-your-seat thriller about something we have all experienced, road rage. And I was like, wait a second, you think I could do this? Like, I was just <laughs> like, is that what you're saying to me, Amazon? I was thoroughly confused by the difference between what I thought I was in for and then what happened. Because they do, like you said, from the opening of the movie you know who he is and what he's going to be doing and um it's a little bit different than what i what i was uh expecting going into it so it was yeah oh very very violent he he put everything into it didn't he he's just i don't know i don't want to go too much into spoilers but he's really taking people down
0: yeah I mean it is intense some of the ce- the scenes too when he kills yeah. these people. And I yeah. listen I appreciate the attempt to amp up the stakes but yeah. Jesus Christ, I mean it's just quite a depressing film in a lot of ways. There's yeah. there isn't a lot of like in wrath of man but in a, in a different vein there isn't a lot of joy in this film. It is very oh. intense and it's the opening of the film, I want to say, you know, because there's mm. this narrative thing about how the world is kind of basically slowly falling apart. Right? Yeah. All these I think different they
1: say, Why is everything filled with such garbage is like a line somebody says in the movie. And I was just like, really, you're going to say that in this movie? <laughs> okay.
0: But it, it is a very nihilistic film. It really yeah. is. And Crow plays it to the hilt. now. I'm. I keep going back and forth on this because I think Crow is very good in this. He's very intense, very mm. disturbing. He's scary. Um, but it's 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 the film is more unsettling than it is scary. I would say. But what yeah. do you think, of Crow, in this thing?
1: He's very convincing. I'm frightened of him. To be fair, I was kind of frightened of him before this movie, <laughs> just based on anecdotes from his personal life. I already found him to be kind of threatening and menacing. Uh, so. Cool. He's just, he's very though. What I think was most scary about it is that they kind of present like it's road rage, which is just sort of this moment where you just like kind of go a little blind from how mad you are about something that later you would be fully aware is inconsequential and was an overreaction. But Mm. all of his behaviors are very measured and calm and awful. So truly frightening performance by him, I'm afraid.
0: Yeah, and one of the th- I, I agree with you. One of the things I I struggle with with the film, though, too, is it attempts to... And I think it does an adequate job of explaining away its logical fallacies. There's mm. a couple things that you just, you know, well, why wouldn't she just do that? Why wouldn't you just do that? Yeah, and well, I immediately.
1: Think, <laughs> and I
0: think it does an okay job tackling them. It's a little clumsy. Like, why doesn't she... And they're just like, why did you call the cops to go to her house to, to, to try and save her brother? And yeah. the, and the cops eventually do show up. It's a little spoilerly talk here, you know, generally, yeah. but you know, so it. But everything kind of seems more like, all right, it doesn't feel organic and make sense. It's more like they're trying to solve the problem. All right, well, somebody would do this, so how can we counter that? And then they're like, all right, well, maybe that would work. So let's do that. Right. And yeah. The whole fi- The whole film kind of felt that way a bunch of times. And there's some logic leaps that you have to take in the film when really the, the whole focus of it is just the intensity and just how Russell Crowe's Tom Cooper is just broken and he snapped. And yeah. though I I, I, I I hesitate to attribute snapping to this, I think there has to be an inherent evil in you for you yeah. to do the things that he does in this film.
1: Yeah, I guess, and so the movie does kind of say, again, just like tiny little bit spoilery that like this woman can't make a good decision. Like Mm -hmm. she is incapable of doing so. She is making the wrong choice at every turn and not just in relation to dealing with this man, just in her own life. And she even says at one point to the kid, like, okay, I'm just going to do what you say. Then she doesn't. (laughs) It's just like, oh, you like you've established you need to follow his lead. But it was it was just a little frustrating. Like, like you said, the logic of what's happening one thing I did find interesting, though, and like made me mad when it happened, but also felt very real was that the news reports about him are explaining that he's lost his job. Um, there's been like a domestic issue and there the you can kind of see the news setting up the narrative of like why this man is behaving this way, which is a terrible thing that our news media does actually do. And um, it, it like it just it made me so mad to see it. When even within the context of this movie, this movie is like, he's a bad guy, but they're just, they're still showing the news trying to justify what he's doing.
0: Yeah, it's, that doesn't, yeah, that that really doesn't sit well with me at all. I mean, like I said, there is a darkness that I don't think, I mean, the detail and the brutality of the things that he does in the film, I think don't match somebody who's just broken or snapped.
1: Right. Right. right?
0: It's just, it's, it's a lot nastier really than I anticipated. It's not an action film like that or a thr- it's a, it's a slasher film basically yeah. is what it is. It's a horror movie. Yeah. And I mean, there are scenes in this like where there, it's they do such a good job. I think air quotes, good job of portraying him as this just dark, Evil guy, like, or I'm watching him. Like, is he going to kill a kid? Would he kill the kid? And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I think he would. You know, and I have mm-hmm. no doubt yeah. that his character would do that. I mean, that's the lengths that we go to that that Crow goes to with this film. So I guess it's a success on his part for nailing that character. But yeah, it is just not a great, you know, uh, viewing experience. Like, this is not something that I would want to uh, revisit. Well, I could see rewatching Wrath of Man. Yeah, I have no yeah. interest in seeing that. Of course, this is not, I think, on par with that film either. This this is a lot clunkier. I think there are some poor decisions that are made sometimes. That are like the introduction of the Fortnite strategy in the beginning of the film. It's so clunkily mm-hmm. delivered that you know it's going to come back later on mm-hmm. in the movie, right? Just kind of stuff like that. But it's schlocky and it's outlandish, but it's effective. So if you want kind of this mean... Little horror film thriller thing, and you like seeing Russell Crowe f people up, then <laughs> you may enjoy the heck out of this.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oof.
0: I mean, the director a has a lot, lot to say about distracted driving. I'll tell you that
1: much.
0: <laughs> there are a few people who are not paying attention to the road who meet some grisly fates.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, cars are just disintegrating left and right.
0: Unhinged. I'm going to give it a C plus, and I'm thinking being a little generous. What about you?
1: Yeah, I just have a regular old C. There you go. Hour 20 runtime, baby. I do like that.
0: Yeah. You got nice those, and tight. That's that's Matt's big thing, big thing too. He <laughs> loves a good 85-minute film. Oh, that's my the way God. To
1: go. I was so excited to see that. I was like, like yes, let's get in and out.
0: <laughs> if you've seen Unhinged, it's currently available on Amazon Prime and to rent on all your other streaming services or just pick up your Blu-ray kits. Support a dying industry. I went to Best Buy the other week. Uh-huh. It is so depressing. Oh, their 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 library now it's it's i have more movies on my shelves than best buy does right now
1: wow oh man it's really sad oh i'm
0: gonna pour a little water out for the (laughs) death of best buy's physical media collection (laughs) feedback at the first com. let us know your thoughts on unhinged and uh we'll talk about it all right are you ready have you picked out five action films (laughs) <laughs> that are available on the streaming services now mine are some that people may not be as familiar with or stuff you need to you should revisit you know i don't have any of the big big films out here so uh we'll see though what our valued guest lady Wan has come up with and hers but here's one that didn't quite make the list for me and i just re-watched it this past week mm-hmm. so uh and it's still think it's a classic and it went from my being my favorite film of this director's work and dropped, I think, to two. But after this rewatch, I may have to reinstall it at number one. I know we haven't spoken in some time. And the last time we spoke wasn't the most pleasant. But you've got to get over being mad at me and start becoming afraid of you because she is coming, and she's coming to kill you. And unless you accept my assistance, I have no doubt she will succeed.
1: I don't dodge guilt, and I don't chew out of pan my comeuppance. can we just forget the past? That woman, deserves her revenge. And we deserve to die. (laughs) But then again, so does she.
0: Of course, that is Bud and Bill. Michael Madsen and David Carradine from Quentin Tarantino's Kill Bill. A uh, the second. I've always liked the second film more than the first, but uh, yeah. upon re- I watched rewatch both of these, so like I said, in the last week, and still fantastic. I absolutely adore those films. I recently <laughs> found online. Now I have a kind of a digital copy of Kill Bill: The Whole Bloody Affair that was available. Mm-hmm. It was a fan edit. A fan had put it together, oh. but then I recently found a a, a fine young gentleman who uh, assembles them and sells them on Blu-ray. So I picked that up. So I'm hopefully getting that in the next couple of weeks. I'll have to see how that looks. Because mine is interesting. And it has the deleted scene uh, with Michael J. White put in, which is kind of like a standard death. It doesn't look very good. So we'll see if this version includes that. Either way, Kill Bill didn't make the list for me. Currently available on HBO Max if you are a subscriber. What are your thoughts on Kill Bill 1?
1: Um. Embarrassed to say that I didn't see it until maybe like two years ago. That's fine. Truly, truly yep, you're embarrassed. Like, you're about
0: like that. 20, 22. Oh, twenty-two. Don't worry. About
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I'm actually like I'm skipping school right now. I'm supposed to be
0: <laughs> supposed to be in chemistry class. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, that's that's definitely it. That's uh, I'm I'm very youthful. Uh, no, I saw it so so late, and I absolutely loving it. It's one of those things that it's so hyped. That, mm-hmm. like, I was expecting to, it to not live up to it. No, absolutely exceeded the hype. It was it was fantastic.
0: And Glorious Bastards had edged it out as my uh, number mm-hmm. one. Actually, mm-hmm. no, that's, that's not true. I'm a liar. Pulp Fiction is one, and Kill uh-huh. Bill two, and Glorious Bastards was three. And I think Glorious Bastards had taken over. For the and it's been so long since I've done a Tarantino rating I'm not even sure right now. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, and I just started rewatching Inglorious Bastards yesterday, so I'll we'll have to see. I have to. I'm only about a half hour in, so I'll have to pick the pace on that. But start us off. I'm done babbling. What is the fifth film in your recommendation of a action movie that is currently streaming?
1: <sighs> okay, all right. This this is challenging for me because one action films are not like my. Forte. I've probably it's probably my weakest point. I used to think horror movies was my weakest point, but I've done a lot of work there. I've really been improving myself. Um, so action movies is probably my weakest point as far as like the overall genre that I'm I'm not as familiar with. So I'm gonna have sort of like a weak pick for this first one. But it's on HBO Max, as are all of this particular trilogy, is um go back to Batman Begins because everyone Mm. is just so obsessed with the Dark Knight, but batman begins is that's some good shit and it's nolan so it's got like some good like practical effects with the action sequences um so i highly recommend going back and checking that one out
0: yeah i haven't watched that one in a while i remember liking it thinking it was okay and that the dark knight is a superior film i still think that's the case but no i think that's a good pick that's solid so my number five is a film that I was a little lukewarm on when we first discussed it for the show, and that is *The Night Comes for Us*, which is currently on Netflix, featuring Joe Taslim and Iko Ueas. Taslim plays a uh, top organized crime enforcer who discerns, he decides to turn his back on his former life as a killer when he, he rescues this young girl. Iko Uyueas is the up-and-coming guy who is sent after him. A very intense film i think that i found it a little lacking when comparing it to something like the raid but uh still uh, i had recently re-caught up with it uh, a couple months ago and it's it really works and if you haven't seen it and it's a little buried in netflix's action queue i'm not quite sure why not mm-hmm. everybody knows about this one so and that's the point of my list for you so it has some really intense martial arts and lots of blood very violent if you're into that kind of thing. uh, It's a little, maybe a little long for some people, but it does, I think, run at a pretty good breakneck pace. So The Night Comes For Us is a fine example of some modern martial arts cinema that is very intense and very violent. So just prepare yourself for that. But there you go, that's my five.
1: Nice. All right, my number four. Please. Okay, this is, I, I feel like they should get a bonus one because it's a uh, streaming original.
0: Bonus. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: it's the Old Guard that uh, Charlie's um movie that came out last year, direct on Netflix. I think it's going to be part of a trilogy, and I really enjoyed the hell out of it.
0: Streaming okay. Original.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, Immortals in an action movie seems like it's going to undercut all of the tension, but no, it's still good. And it's well-written.
0: I don't... Okay, you're a guest, <laughs> so I'm just going to... We're just going to move on. I wasn't the biggest... It's it's okay. I don't I thought that was all right. I don't... I have no urgency to see any other more films in this saga at all. But who knows? Okay. Maybe it'll be good. You never know. My number four, then, is the film that inspired Kill Bill. I had blind bought it at the last Criterion sale and had watched it. And it is fantastic. And that is Lady Snowblood. It's a a young woman who seeks vengeance upon the three people who uh, raped her mother, killed her father and brother. It has a nonlinear narrative, kind of like Wrath of Man. It kind of pops around in and out. But it's a gorgeous film that does not skimp on the blood either. And like I say, when you watch this film, you can see Kill Bill all over. You can see where Tarantino kind of pulled stuff right out of this film. And it is currently available on the Criterion channel and on HBO Max. So there was a sequel that's pretty good. But the first one is really top shelf stuff. So a great martial arts classic uh, in a kind of groundhouse-y vibe. And plenty of blood. So that's my number four, Lady Snowblood.
1: Nice. Okay. I hope you're not going to get mad at me for my number three No promises. for it being maybe too obvious. Um, the matrix is on HBO max and I think it's time to revisit it guys.
0: <laughs> I bought those on blu-ray two years ago with the intent yeah. to rewatch them. And I still haven't done it.
1: Yeah. So I watched it probably within the past month and i think it's kind of come around where it's been long enough that all of this stuff that you just it was so kind of in the zeitgeist it, it, we've gone long enough that it's like back and exciting again instead of yeah. like oh yeah this is this is the part where he says <laughs> i know kung fu but like it's exciting again like uh, uh, give it a rewatch if it's been if it's been 10 years for anybody you're due for a rewatch
0: Oh, it's been at least way more than that. So when does the new one come out? Because that's what I would do, is I would watch them all in anticipation of the new one. It's supposed to be this year, right? December I 16th?
1: Say, yeah, I was going to say December. December
0: yeah. 22nd in the US is when it's so. Uh, yeah. This Christmas it's coming out. Uh, all
1: right. allegedly. I, allegedly. I'm fully expecting everything on the HBO Max that is like in theaters and on the app same day. I'm expecting everything to get shuffled because so far they keep doing that. Godzilla got pushed just a tiny bit, Mortal Kombat pushed a tiny bit. I think they're just kind of shifting ever so slightly. So that's one
0: you have to see that like an Adobe or an IMAX, though, right? You can't watch Matrix 4.
1: I mean, everybody can make their own decisions.
0: They can be wrong decisions, I guess. (laughs) guess
1: I'm just saying that so far they have stuck to keeping those tied together. And as I've watched them shuffle them back, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that happened with this one. I think a Christmas release would be great, but we'll see.
0: Good times. All right. That works for me. My number three <laughs> then is currently streaming on Prime. I watched this movie in the theaters, one, and I looked up and I went, you know what? That guy has to be the next James Bond. He is fantastic. Of course, that man was Daniel Craig in the movie Layer Cake, the directorial debut of Matthew Vaughn, who had produced some of Guy Ritchie's earlier films. Craig plays a drug dealer who is trying to get out, and everything goes horribly, horribly wrong. It is a great little British crime thriller, and if you haven't seen it, it is fantastic. It uh, Lots of great characters, lots of great moments, a really good script, and Craig is fantastic in it. And there's a great little reveal right at the end of the movie that you don't even realize. And, mm-hmm. uh, no, it's a lot of fun. So if you haven't seen Larry layer cake and, uh, check that one out. So that's my floor currently streaming on, that's my number three, excuse me, on Amazon prime. Have you seen layer cake? Not a
1: lot of people have seen. No. Larry cake. no, I know of it, but I gotta check it out.
0: Yeah. If you, if you like British crime thrillers, uh, yeah. you would, you would definitely enjoy this one.
1: Yeah. I like you have an endless to watch list.
0: <laughs> I should say, too, British crime thriller action movies, because that's the uh, name of this segment. Oops.
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What are we up to? Is this two? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally, uh, I'm doing a great job here. Um, okay. So my number two is probably not the strongest of this series, but I'm going to recommend it anyway. Um is Mission Impossible Fallout? Mm-hmm. That we gotta get excited, right? for the next one. So let's let's go back to Fallout and uh, let's enjoy that ride again.
0: I loved Fallout. It is yeah. a lot of fun. I think it it's is so the best fun. film, yeah, that Chris Macquarie as Don. You can see his progression from uh, the prior film into that one mm-hmm. And it is, yeah, no, it's it's very, very good. I'm going through the rest of my list here, and you know what? They aren't action movies. <laughs> what did you do? <laughs> so I, they're all basically crime thrillers. As I'm going well, through
1: you, it, you were in a mood.
0: Wrath I clearly of man was.
1: Put You in a mood? What the hell is wrong with me?
0: All right, That's
1: whatever. Okay. It's your show, man.
0: That's right. <laughs> I do what I want to do. So uh, another film uh, currently on Amazon Prime is uh, a film that. Wait, is it the first movie of his I saw? It can't be. Maybe the second. But it, it really helped me fall in love with Steven Soderbergh. And uh, that is The Limey. Terrence Stamp plays a criminal. He is out of prison and his daughter dies. So he comes to the States to find out what happened to her. He runs afoul of a producer who may have his hands in some criminal enterprises And it features an all-star cast of Leslie Ann Warren, Luis Guzman, Mm -hmm. uh, Barry Newman, and Peter Fonda. Great music by uh, Cliff Martinez as well. But it's Soderbergh at his kind of artistic height. It's a very visually experimental film. And I absolutely adore it. If you can track down the DVD of it, it features a fantastic commentary between Soderbergh and the writer, Lem Dobbs, because Dobbs does not like some of Soderbergh's choices that he makes in the film. Mm. Uh, And they have it out on the commentary, and it's a really interesting conversation. Uh, It was available on the Criterion channel for a long time. It is not now, unfortunately. So you can still see it on Prime but you can't get that commentary, unfortunately. You have to track down the DVD for that. It's not available domestically here in the States in Blu-ray yet. I think I pre-ordered it because they had a pre-order up for it a while ago, and I haven't heard or seen anything since. So I don't know if it got canceled or delayed. Either way, the Limey is a great kind of stylish, noir action thriller. So uh, I can't recommend it enough.
1: Nice. All right, last one. I feel like this is going to sound like all I did was scroll HBO Max, but I swear I didn't. <laughs> oh,
0: so you're going to bring up Mad Max for your road?
1: Um, you know what? I thought I thought you would cover that. So mm. um, I have Aliens. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty good. Pretty solid.
0: Matt considers that a perfect film.
1: Uh, Matt is a smart man.
0: Did you see? Have you watched the director's cut version yet? With no. it's got like 15, 10, 15 minutes of extra footage.
1: Not yet.
0: Oh, yeah, you'll have to check that out. It has yeah. a whole different uh, opening. Ooh. You get All to right, see I'll basically you meet Newt's family.
1: Oh, oh yeah, I was reading something about that. Yeah. And All then right.
0: there's a uh, another another action set piece uh, built in about what halfway through the film I think. So. Oh, nice. No, Aliens is a great pick. It's uh, interesting that you bring that up. I wonder if hmm. that's going to mean anything in the future for any other shows that you and I are associated with. But I think that's mm-hmm. a, that's an excellent selection. Yeah. So that's good. But my number one is, again, another British action revenge thriller, and that is Get Carter featuring Michael Caine. Now, I will say I enjoy the Sylvester Stallone film. Uh-huh. Uh, I was actually running a theater when it came out, and I enjoyed it. It's one of the most 90s films that I can <laughs> remember. And clearly the director of that had seen a Soderbergh movie because it apes a lot of Soderbergh's aesthetics in that movie. But still, the original with Michael Caine is just this ruthless, uncompromising film. Michael Caine plays a gangster, and a enforcer, basically, whose brother dies mysteriously. So he goes to his old hometown to find out what happened and exact mm-hmm. his revenge. But it is, again, another nihilistic film. Things don't always work out well for everybody. But Michael Caine is fantastic in this film. So um, it's my number one. It was on HBO Max for a while. It's been pulled. Mm. It is now, though, available on Hoopla. So if you have a library card and your library participates, because unfortunately not all of them do, you Mm. can watch it on Hoopla right now. And that's my number one. Nice. Uh, I would also say Fury Road which is, of course, a little on the nose, I think. Uh, Dread, which I believe is one of Juan's favorites. (laughs) What are your issues with Dread exactly? Do you have any? Joyless. Well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I I don't recommend watching it when the world feels terrible, (laughs) which is when I watched it. Uh, Yeah. Fair enough. I think we're on a bit of an upswing over the past couple of months. I'm feeling better about things. But yeah, I think I watched it in January. So huh, January twenty twenty one.
0: Enjoy the sheer just aesthetics of the look and how intense it was, and, and no. not, not there. Huh?
1: No, I was looking for a shred of hope or happiness or and anything, anything that would be a relief from what was currently on the news in January twenty twenty one. That and probably that is not be the it. movie for that. No. no you're
0: right. <laughs> Uh, also on HBO Max, I think a little under gem is The Long Kiss Goodnight, which is Gina Davis and uh, Sam Jackson, and it is great. Uh, I haven't caught up with it for a very long time. I saw it was on there, so I popped it in my queue. I haven't watched it yet, but I remember really, really enjoying it. It didn't do well at the box office, but it's since mm-hmm. kind of garnered a cult following and is very, very entertaining. All oh. right, folks. Those are our five films. uh, Streaming action movies or crime thrillers, I guess, depending (laughs) on how you look at it, that are currently available out there. You can check those out. Let us know your thoughts. What would you nominate? We'd love to hear your thoughts as well. We want to hear your suggestions. Feedback at thefirstorun.com. Next week, Matt should be back. We'll be doing Spiral, the uh, Saw sequel-ish thing from the book of saw i guess what it is with chris rock yeah and then those who wish me dead their latest film from taylor sheridan who uh done some fantastic work uh so we're really curious to see what he comes up with next this time with angelina jolie so uh that should be a fun one in the meantime check us out on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Do a search for The First Run. Scroll, scroll, scroll. Eventually, you'll find us. Head on over to Apple Podcasts and uh, give us a review, and we'll read that on the air. And I guess that is it. Check out ScreenRun.fun, folks.
1: Yeah.
0: Where you can see uh, Ms. Juan and I get into all, all kinds of shenanigans as we go through <laughs> the over of Kevin Smith. We just yep. released our Jane, and Silent Bob Strike Back episode, and the next week again is what one?
1: Jersey Girl.
0: Our first non view askew film, right?
1: Mm-hmm. We were we were venturing out.
0: And the first it's, one that I hadn't seen.
1: I yeah. Oh uh, yeah. I don't know. Should I watch it again for the episode coming out? Should I just like dive right back in?
0: I guess. <laughs> Maybe with the potential reignition of the Benefer. The, uh, yeah the love may still be there. Maybe it'll come. You'll be a watch with fresh eyes and believe in love again.
1: Yeah, I'm feeling nostalgic for 17 years ago. Why not?
0: Why not? (laughs) Where can we find you, Lady Juan, on all the social medias?
1: Twitter. Find me on Twitter. Uh, That's it. That's what I got. Come say hey.
0: Thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate you stepping in at the last minute. Uh, Nobody wants (laughs) to hear just me drone on for 40 (laughs) minutes. So...
1: (laughs) I'm Happy really to come. Appreciate,
0: I appreciate you yeah. taking the time. Thank you so much. Absolutely. So that's it, folks. We're going to take an extended break, and uh, we will see you soon. Take care. Get the
1: jab. <laughs> Do you know, I had almost forgotten what your eyes looked like. They're still the same. Piss holes in the snow.